0: Summers,
1: and I'm you
0: your Chagas Sustainability Advisors, and you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast number 47, bring you the latest information, science, and opinion to improve farm sustainability. We are starting to see slurry tankers out in land over the last few days as the slurry spreading close season ends in parts of the country. But are we getting it right or can we do better? Chagas Dairy Advisor's own power based in Dungarvan, and Pat Moylan based in Kilkenny joined the show to discuss slurry storage and how we can get the best from this valuable nutrient. Pat look I suppose I'll start with a question you were just wondering I suppose just looking lately derogation inspections and reports of spreading slurry in the close season indicate that some farms maybe don't have enough slurry storage. Uh, do, Do you think we have some catching up to do in regards to facilities?
1: Yeah, I agree with what you said there. I suppose in my own area I've seen an increased number of maybe inspections and things you mentioned there. Look, I suppose the first thing that happened, was we had a very wet October. We had serious rainfall in, in October. And I'd say the big issue that I see in farmyards is really that clean water is accessing slurry storage. Uh so there's a lot of work even done on the clean water storage system and the falls on yards. And then unfortunately some farms are not all in the flat, some are on the the hillier area, so I think the big issue there with clean water mixing with slurry and also it's well by direction, I suppose, really
0: not enough slurry storage full stop on, on a number of dairy farms. Yeah, I suppose the big one is to make sure that you have enough for the animals, and but uh, you do, you're hitting on a very important point. I come across that a lot, particularly most yards that we have have been built on and added to over the years. So, traditionally, years ago, we would have sloped the yards into drains, gone into the rivers, and if you don't get them falls right on the yards and if they get into the tank, like a a bad night's rain would fill the tank quick enough or if a downpipe or shoot was wrong, we'd be in trouble as well.
1: No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, at times, I suppose, it's kind of some yards are very difficult to solve because it's just the the land to to, to, top up. slopes around uh, it's just you have to be inventive with putting clean water drains at the upper part of the yard to direct say water off of our roadways or fields coming down and mixing and increasing the volume of water which ends up at the end of the yard in, in maybe a slatter tank so even just to look at the, the chutes and downpipes. a lot of cases they have been maybe neglected uh, over the years or things are not going where they should be going so I think as I said a few minutes ago I think an examination of a clean water drainage system is as important as looking at your slurry storage and combine the two together to try and make the most of slurry and spread it when you want to spread it during the, the
0: growing season yeah and look no farmer wants a load of clean water going into the slurry tank it just makes the slurry I suppose fill up quicker and it's less valuable because you have more dilute product but just going back to I suppose you mentioned there a minute ago about uh, I suppose, slurry storage requirement, requirements on farmers and, and that kind of thing. What, what is the current slurry storage requirement across the country?
1: Well, I suppose in, in, here in the southeast, we're in zone A. So we are looking at a 16-week slurry storage minimum, minimum requirement, whereas in other parts of the country, in the west, you're at 18 weeks. And then top of the country, I think, you're on up as up to 22 weeks. And they are the figures for a long, long time. And I suppose all indicators are under the latest nitrate directive that they will more likely increase. And we have individual figures for a dairy cow at 5.3 cubic metres, which is 1160 gallons odd. For a weanling, uh, not the one-year-old or the first winter, that figure is 2.4 cubic metres per head, or 530 gallons. And for an animal 1 to 2, including in-calf efforts, it's 4.16 cubic metres, which is around 915 gallons. And they are minimum figures for a minimum period here in Zone A of 16 weeks. But I think the other things we have to think about as well, that there's soil water being generated and on dairy farms, we'll have dairy washings. And if if they are both stored with slurry, they have to be added to the slurry storage requirements I just outlined. So I suppose
0: there's a lot going on there between slurry, soil water and dairy washings for dairy farmers. Yeah, because when you say 16 weeks, you're kind of thinking to yourself, that, that's a good bit of time you could take November, December, January and February. You know, you'd, you'd be thinking on the plan we'd have a good bit of time in our heads. But like in reality, I suppose, when, when you see lads getting out now, we're, we're talking about down in the south southeast, you're allowed to go out this week. So if you're kind of wondering if you had the chance, Pat, I suppose that famous phrase that don't let the slurry dictate when it needs to be spread. You should be the one dictating when it's to be spread.
1: No, absolutely. And I suppose <laughs> what we're making an assumption there now, of course, that the tanks are born empty, yeah. which, as you know, this year, all tanks coming in this coming year, will have to be all, all story will have spread by the 1st of October. So the close period uh, is starting a bit earlier, 1st of October 2023 uh, until the middle of January of, of next year. But I suppose a lot of assumption there that the tanks are actually empty. And uh, obviously, you know, since 2015, we have seen a fairly significant expansion in dairy car numbers in the southeast. And the question is, has slurry storage increased in line? Uh, And I suppose the answer is, uh, I don't think it has. And it's obviously something farmers should look at now because we have a new TAMS three coming out shortly. And also there's fairly good capital allowances for investment in slurry storage, which I believe you can write off over two tax years. And so, people need to be planning now for TAMS Three and going ahead and getting to planning permission, all that kind of stuff, underway because you cannot apply for anything to do with slurry storage unless you have planning permission fully got. And people should be doing that now over the period and and be lined up for work later on this
0: summer. Yeah, I think it's a good piece of advice. Now we're just coming in out of close season for the first part of the country and the rest are to follow. But you know, now is the time to review your situation. What happened over the last three four months and you know, get a plan in place for, for, for next winter, I suppose. Have you noticed an increase of Department of Agriculture inspections or other inspections during in recent times?
1: Well, looks suppose since mid-September, derogation irrigation inspections have started in all our areas, and they are the normal figure. I probably deal with maybe a dozen of those inspections each year. But this year, too, I would get have got phone calls from farmers in recent times, where uh, fisheries personnel from Irish uh, Inland Fisheries, Ireland, are conducting uh, farmyard audits in, in river catchment areas. And, and again, from my experience to date in dealing with those soil water off of yards, seems to be a big issue of where a clean water drain is collecting maybe something that's not clean, and that could be going directly by a pipe to a, a drain which may be leading down, downstream down to a watercourse. So the high risk of of pollution occurring, if you if you want to use that word. So yeah, I think there's two things that's big. I think the big thing I see on dairy farms anyway is it's yards, slopes and fall, slopes and falls in yards off the surrounding fields, and how to keep that farmyard as clean as you can, and to make sure that what's going down the clean water drain
0: is clean water. So it takes management on a daily basis. Yeah, and I, I see I do see that um the fisheries and, and we come across them a bit and work with them a little bit, that a little bit different from departments say of agriculture where the department inspections start at the yard uh, and they work around it, whereas the fisheries are following the river and if they identify an issue in the river, they kind of follow it back up and in, and generally the river's connected with a dream, they might be connected to a farm and they kind of follow it back up to the farm. So I, I'd see that as well there lately. You mentioned there a minute ago um a little bit about um calculating uh, slurry storage. So how, how do you calculate slurry? If, if someone's at home now and trying to figure out a bar, a contact or visor, how would they calculate if they have enough uh, slurry storage for their animals on the farm?
1: Well, I suppose the first thing is what the farmer can do and be prepared for a visit by his advisor to, to do it for him. But basically, if the farmer goes out and measures, I suppose, all the tanks in the yard. So we normally measure tanks in, in metres, length, width and breadth. But if a person working in feet, it's the length of the tank in feet, by the width in feet, by the depth in feet, multiplied by 6.25. That will actually give you a gallons figure. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I strongly advise people to contact their local Chagas advisor. Uh, we have developed a simple Excel tool where we can go out and put in the, the average winter stock numbers and go through the soil yards and the dairy washings. And I suppose we can show you a figure on the laptop uh, at farm level. And a lot of our advisors now are equipped with, with tablets, so maybe they can log into other means and doing it. But look, I think there's two things. One, we can do the calculated figure, but even a lot of cases, farmers can ask the question themselves. Do I have to be out spreading slurry? Have I got four months storage even from their own experience? But yeah, I think the easiest way yeah. I will find with clients is I go to them, we'll measure up the tanks, and when they are then in the air, we calculate everything and look at everything we're out there. Maybe I can also give advice or, Your advisor can give advice when he's out on the yard to see, well, there's ways here to minimize clean water mixing with soil water, etc. And you end up with a net figure of whether your surplus are in deficit. And that's why I strongly advise farmers now again before calving kicks off wholesale to get a slurry and soil water audit done on your yard by your local Chagas advisor.
0: Yeah, I think it's well worth spending the time. Owen, you're working down in Waterford based in Dungaron office. Can you tell me you have farmers listening here now that are probably they're under pressure maybe in the winter, things went against them a little bit and they were they found themselves tight in storage. If you're in that position, what kind of options are available to to increase your storage? Okay,
2: Carl. Uh, Coddle, yeah, look, there's there's plenty of options that are available. I suppose look, it's not very easy to increase your, your storage capacity on the farm overnight. It takes a bit of planning as, as Pat has been saying in terms of, you know, working out what storage you have and how much more I need. But I suppose there's some quick, um, remedies that farmers can take on. And especially like in the o- October time of the year, like they can, you know, know their figures, you know, know how many animals they are going to house. And maybe, look, maybe the best option is to sell off some of the least productive animals on the farm and, and move them off. Um, some other people might have the luxury of being able to rent accommodation. You know, there are some uh, other farms maybe that are retiring, and and you know there could be a shed or two available that they could maybe rent for the winter time and put some stock down there. Um, unfortunately, as Pat mentioned there about TAMS and that, and you know, and being set up for it. Unfortunately, the way TAMS was structured up to now was you can't really get a grant on extra slurry storage if you don't have the 16-week slurry storage already available on the farm for the previous winter so it's a little bit of a kind of a drawback if you're short uh, slurry storage um, you must currently have sufficient slurry storage to get a grant for more slurry storage if you understand Kyle, what I'm yeah. trying to trying to say but yeah um, so you're up to a standard look, of compliance for you yeah before you can actually go looking yeah. for more so it's a kind of a little bit of a, a hindrance to, to people that do need it um i suppose what i see in my area and you know in some cases is people are dependent on straw storage or farmyard manure storage sheds as um uh, calculating into their 16 weeks of storage and look sometimes that mightn't be used to its full capacity and that's what's putting pressure on slurry storage we call it on the farm itself
0: yeah, and I, I suppose you'll probably make a good point there about potentially getting rid of animals that you don't need. I know there's lots of options as regards contract rearing, and I even hear now about contract rearing of uh, beef as well, not just heifers for dairy, but um, and maybe the animals that are not performing anymore. But I suppose another thing I'd be interested in as well is, what? what I suppose, would you have potentially go maybe – Build new tanks, underground tanks, or would you go overground with the uh, with the above ground tanks? Or what are people finding, or what are they most interested in? Every farmyard is different, and
2: it depends on on the, what facilities they actually have on on farm. Um, look, the first thing I look for in, in a farmyard is you know have the enough of cubicles first of all? or is there one cubicle for every cow? We say on farm, and if there's not, you probably go underground with a lot of tanks. You know to 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 incorporate extra, you know, cubicle spaces as well for cows. Um, if the farm is, we say, sufficient of cubicles and and space, we say, well, then obviously overground tanks and the likes are the the cheapest option there. Then, like you know, um, if you have enough facilities on the farm already, um, and maybe look we're getting this kind of this weather patterns that are either dry or wet and you know some farmers are buffer feeding a lot more on farms now so maybe having a slatter tank there somewhere in the farmyard on the way into the parlor or out of the parlor or somewhere that they can buffer feed and you know it's going to act as do two jobs for you it's going to minimize the amount of we say slurry or dirt and soiled water being
0: created around places and also act as slurry storage. Yeah, and I, I often say to people as well, you, I don't want to if you said the same thing. Once once you do open up ground to put a tank in, you're probably better trying to add an extra 10 or 20%, I suppose. Uh, additionally to the animals you have, I suppose, just give you a little bit of a buffer in case we get winters like this year very, very wet oh, or things go against us.
2: Oh, the, look, the, the luxury is to have somewhere between 10 and 20% extra slurry storage because we don't know, you know the weeks that we can't get out or... You know the winter might start that extra week or two sooner than what we we planned for, um, and to have ideally ten to twenty percent extra storage would be a luxury. But I suppose what I also see and you know sheds are after getting bigger in a lot of cases. You know there's an extra two, three, four bays being added onto sheds, and there's still only one downpipe, Kyle, coming off yeah. the gutters. I think there's not enough of downpipes, and the volume of water has fallen is causing those to overflow very quickly and. You know, that's what's
0: a lot of that clean water is getting into those tanks. I find that in the autumn as well, if you're not careful. And like you said, if only one downpipe comes out and a few leaves block it up there, the whole thing is blocked. And particularly, you know, the sheds they are joined together over slats um, with a gutter in between. Things can go drastically wrong with them. But um going back then into, we're, we're now spreading slurry at the moment down in, in this side of the country, you know, up to north side are, are not there yet. But with, with our zone is open, so... What kind of conditions, like in the last few weeks, we have had very heavy rain and now this week is very frosty. What kind of conditions should farmers be looking out for before they head out with that slurry? Looked, I suppose the
2: the ideal and the best practice in terms of spreading slurry is, you know, you're not supposed to be spreading it first of all on on frozen ground. That's one thing because it's easily run off. But then with the with the rain, um, the ground itself shouldn't be waterlogged. Which you know you said over the last couple of weeks we're having a lot of excess rainfall, so you know a lot of fields are waterlogged. And I suppose if you do pick out the drier fields on your farm that you know that you can travel that are not frozen they're not waterlogged you also have to bear in mind, you know, what's the forecast for the next 48 hours? You know, is there a downpour or is there snow coming? Or, you know, what is, what's the forecast for the next 48 hours that it should be ideally, you know, dry, drying? And, you know, if there's no um, weather events going to happen, that's going to wash your slurry off and into the nearby watercourse.
0: Yeah, and I suppose ideally it goes back to what you mentioned a minute ago. If you have enough slurry storage, there's no, there's and and you don't have to go out. I wouldn't be rushing out for for a while yet. I'd say, would you?
2: No, look. If you have the slurry storage, you, you look. You, you wait for when the grass is growing, and you know you're going to get better value out of your your slurry. Um and you know the growth rates are up like growth rates are probably only somewhere 3 3 to 6 at the moment you know depending on your location and soil type and and, and fertility of the land but um obviously if growth rates improve you're going to get more bang for your buck as they say
0: from your slurry
2: um, when everything is 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 in in a better conditions
0: yeah, like they always say, six degrees and higher and rising and and grass doesn't really kick off properly in March. I think David Walder from John Castle was saying the ideal window spread slurry is February, kind of se- first, second week February if conditions are right. But it's all about conditions. I remember last year, I think, um, the first part of the year was, was perfect, first in January, and then it rained quite heavily in February. So I think what you, you made a good suggestion, don't be putting it near drains or anything like that just in case things do go wrong.
2: Yeah, and, and that's part of the rules and regulations there that, you know, we allow extra buffer zones around those watercourses, you know, if it's five metres um, normally throughout the season. But I think for the first two to three weeks when the season opens up for spreading slurry, you know, those buffer strips are doubled. So, you know, it's 10 metres that you keep away from these watercourses and waters and, and um, you know, avoid the, the potential runoff of from soils into, into them.
0: Yeah, that's a bit. That's an important point, at 10-metre buffer zone for yeah for the first two weeks, either side of the close period. So just talking about, I suppose, slurry there, Pat, we were talking a lot about the environmental side of it, but talk about the, the value of slurry at the moment. Yeah, the
1: latest figures I've seen there are valuing slurry at north of 50 euro per 1,000 gallons. So I just did an example there for a 100-cow dairy herd of mine, where he's carrying 100 cows, 25 heifers not to 1, 25 heifers 1 to 2. That that farm, if you do the maths, will generate somewhere close of 160,000 gallons of slurry. So when you multiply that up by 50 euro per 1,000 gallons, that's actually 8,000 euro is, is the value of the slurry. And as we're, the other thing we, we could say to farmers maybe now, in the closed period, we'll say, or before they start spreading their main slurry, they could go away and get it analysed, agitate the slurry, <clears throat> fill a 2-litre bottle of slurry and send it to your local laboratory. And when Owen Power and myself did that there two years ago, we got back individual fertilizer values for farmers in in groups. And it's a very interesting discussion group meeting. And we could see the variation and the effect that water had on particularly the P and K content. So in my case, I think the average analysis was 9 units of of nitrogen, 6 of phosphorus, and up to 40 or 45 units of potash per thousand gallons. So it was a very good exercise for farmers to do. As well as doing a soil water and slurry audit, the second thing they could consider doing is get their slurry analysed in advance of the spreading period. Because as I said there, for a typical hundred cow herd with a twenty five percent replacement rate being carried, you are looking at slurry in the value of with a value of between eight and ten thousand. So the question is, would you go through the chemical fertilizer and lose eight or ten thousand?
0: Yeah, you make a good point. there. you're even if you go off the values, two thousand gallons of slurry is worth. Uh, nine units of nitrogen, or sorry, be up to eighteen units of nitrogen, ten units of phosphorus, and about sixty to seventy units of potassium. So that, that that's huge amount of a uh, very good compound in in organic format, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, and the way costs have gone the last year, <clears throat> I know milk price has gone up, but costs have gone up a lot too. And obviously, we have to be conscious if milk price takes a downturn. But also, we, we can't we we want to get the most return from our slurry and and their chemical fertiliser and sometimes slurry doesn't get the same weighting or thought process as chemical fertilizers when it's been applied so let's go back to where we started this conversation more than adequate slurry storage gives you the choice or the option when you want spread slurry whereas unfortunately on some farms we find today that the slurry dictates to the farmer when it has to be spread
0: yeah, it's right right time and, and right place, particularly right time. Where you're not going to go out and spread a bag of eighteen six twelve when it's not grass not grown, so equally you shouldn't do it slurry. Owen, how you are involved as well, like Pat said, in, in that that um slurry analysis project down in Kilkenny and, and Waterford region. How did the farmers involved that you were involved with find it? Did they get did they learn a lot from it?
2: Yeah, and look, it was a a well worth exercise to do because people didn't realize what they had in their slurry. And like just one particular case off the top of my head was uh, a chap was spreading his two and a half to three thousand gallons of slurry and he was putting out cut swart as well on top of it. And, you know, he had problems with with excess K-levels in his silage and which led to uh, milk fever fever. Problems at calf and so he was able to eliminate his swart and cut back. He actually the slurry he's spreading as well, um, on his sided fields and just go with can only or protected urea only as well with the slurry. So, you know, they got value for it, and they, and suppose the other thing too, just can carry on from what Pat is on about. You know, maybe fellas should open their their fertilizer plans or their soil samples now. I know where are my index 1 and 2 soils that need this P and K firstly on the farm? You know, if they're picking out farms that's not just uh, the closest field to the yard or whatever, you know, it's such a valuable resource now that, um you know, maybe you should be targeting the fields, you know, and, and know where those fields are Um, that are that need this P and K. Just as Owen was saying there about
1: derogation the plans, I suppose it's that time of the year too when we request all our derogation clients across Kilkenny Water and both across the country too that we need to get your information in to allow us to produce your fertilizer accounts for the year 2022 so again just to remind you if you haven't submitted to your local chagas office we need the feed purchase of 2022 because that will make part that will be part of the 2023 fertilizer plan and we also need your fertilizer purchase for the year 2022 so if you haven't got those into your chagas office please do so immediately as the irrigation derog- deadline won't be long coming And I think the important point with derogation, that derogation is not just uh, legality or something you have to do before a certain date. It is a live fertilizer plan and take on board some of the messages you've heard today about the value of slurry in that message. That's all I'd say, Carl, to finish up there.
0: Yeah, look, I think that's an ideal way to finish. That uh, we need to obviously know what's in our soils, then we need to put a value on our slurry and balance the books, then to see how much fertilizer and slurry we need to get her w- without, I suppose, overlapping on each other. So we're not, number one, wasting money, and number two, uh, not damaging the environment. Um, so, Owen and Pat, thanks very much for joining us on the show. Uh, keep up the good work and uh, looking forward to chatting to you again. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Carl. That's it for this episode of the Chagas Environment Edge podcast. Thanks to Chagas Theory Advisors Owen Power and Pat Moylan in the Water Kilkenny Advisory Region for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple, Google podcasts, as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Cahill Summers. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, signpost to farm sustainability.